This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast here today. I'm Lori Boyer, and I am visiting with Ann Souders, and she is the Community Engagement Coordinator and Director of Education for the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And so we're here today to learn more about Anne and to learn about the organization itself. So Anne, I think a good place to start is to get to know you a little bit more. Can you tell us about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Um, I have been with Mustang Heritage since 2009, and uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm a PK, which is known as a preacher's kid, you know, and uh, (laughs) when you grow up in the land of corn and beans, there's horses everywhere, and I was told by my parents um, from a very young age that I always wanted horses and went interested in them and wanted to have one. And so I I got a horse. I got a pony first and then I got a horse and then went off to college. And uh, then you get married and then you move and you move. And I didn't have a horse anymore till we moved to a equestrian neighborhood. And then. In 2007, I heard of an event coming to town called the Extreme Mustang Makeover. And I begged my husband to go. I always was infatuated with Mustangs and being in the wild. And I was a pretty active member of some activist groups then. And uh, so I wanted to go watch. And we watched the 2007 Extreme Mustang Makeover. Then in 2008, my husband and I both competed in the makeover. And then in 2009, I went to work for Mustang Heritage Foundation. Well, that's cool. That's like a whole, that could be a whole nother interview, but just briefly, what did you do when you competed in the makeover? Um, I did a yearling in hand. I did not have to write her. And so I did all the classes that you do. You do um, the uh, kind of like a little showmanship class and you do a trail class and uh, some obstacles and had to load in the trailer um, I had to do a little uh, a class where you um, haltered her, put her in a, a round pen, and then I let her go and had to go back and halter her and little things like that. And so um, then she got adopted after the event, and uh, my husband's horse also got adopted. So it left us wanting more, which I will tell you right now, Lori, Mustangs are a lot like Lay's potato chips. You can't just have one. <laughs> I'm a so, horse girl, so I get it. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Uh-huh. You do. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad I asked that question because it does lend a lot to uh, probably what you're doing with the Mustang Heritage mm-hmm. Foundation. And where is the organization actually headquartered at? Right now, we are headquartered in Round Rock, Texas, down by Austin. And um, we're hoping soon to move up to Fort Worth. We'd like to be in the stockyards area. So that's our plan. Um, I would like a piece of American history to be in another piece of American history. So I think that is a really good PR marketing for us and for the city of Fort Worth. Okay. So we're hoping to do that. And uh, we are facilitated out of there right now. But we are actually all across the United States because we are blessed to have many trainers that do our program. And uh, that kind of helps us spread the word. Very good. Okay. And we're going to be getting into a little bit more about that because I'm curious to find out what all you do. But how long has the organization been in existence? 
Well, they've been in existence um, since before 2007 um, to get all the administration and all the 501 and all of that finished. Um, and 2007 was the very first extreme Mustang makeover. And we've gone all the way through until now. Um, and we've just grown and grown. We've adopted out more Mustangs every year. And now we have a very successful program, which you might have heard of, called the TIP program, which stands for Trainer Incentive Program. And we have trainers that help take wild Mustangs. They gentle them with the, all the gentling techniques, like pick up your feet, load in a trailer, tie, halter, all the basic, you know, performances for a horse for gentling. And then they find an adopter. That adopter adopts that horse for $125. And then we pay that certified tip trainer $1,000 for the adoption. You are going right into where I was going to head next. And that was to tell me now what the organization does, what your goals are, and, and how you okay. work with the Bureau of Land Management, according to your website. Absolutely. We are a foundation off the Bureau of Land Management. Oh, okay. We work real closely with the Wild Horse and Burl um, Department. And we are blessed because our whole mission is to adopt wild horses and burls into private care through our events and programs. And it all started back in 2007 with the first Extreme Mustang Makeover. And then we have just gone on and bloomed since then. Now, we just finished our Extreme Mustang Makeover in Fort Worth like three weeks ago and very successful. We had around 100 trainers, um, 55 adults and 42 youth. And the youth are from eight years old to 17. And they do yearlings in hand. And you have to go to our page, our Facebook page, or even you can YouTube um, Extreme Mustang Makeover Youth. And Lori, you would just be blown away at what those kids do with a yearling Mustang in their freestyles. It's just absolutely wow. amazing. And the kids get to keep those horses. They're theirs. They've adopted them. And then the adults train their horses. They have 100 days, just like the youth. Then they come back to the event. And three weeks ago, it was in Fort Worth. We had trainers from all over the United States um, come. And they met in Fort Worth. They did their whole, um, all their classes and competed. We picked a top 10. And they competed on Saturday night. And then after the event, all the horses go up for adoption. So okay. it gets very emotional. As you as you know, mm -hmm. when you spend 100 days with a horse, you... We just get attached. We're human. <laughs> Especially to horses. Yes. Yes. Are all the Mustangs that come to the organization or come to the program, I guess I should say, are they all from the land? Are they all wild Mustangs that have been out that the BLM has collected then? Yes, they are. We, since we are a foundation off the Bureau of Land Management, we work hand in hand with them when they manage HMAs, which are herd management areas across the 10 states in America that the BLM has land where these horses are located. And, and they're all there because they're protected there with the act of 1971 that Wild Horse Annie put in, a, in effect to help, you know, take care and protect the Mustangs. That's why they're on the government land because they are protected in those lands. And, but when they overpopulate those lands, like it has now, then the BLM gathers them and they go into corrals. And then that's where we 
um, that's the pot where we pull out of to get our Mustangs to compete with and to do the tip program. Okay. I see. I see. Now, as far as the trainers that you have uh, training them and working with people, are they certified or they do they have some sort of special background to be able to uh, work with you? They do. They have to be um, they have to be certified. You have to fill out an application with Mustang Heritage and let us know that your facility um, is okay for a wild horse. You know, when you bring a wild horse home, you have to have six foot fences. Oh, okay. So that they, you know, can be there safely. And now if you adopt a horse from our tip program, they're already gentled. So you only need the five foot fence. But when you're doing our program, like the Extreme Mustang Makeover, or you bring a wild horse home, you have to have a six foot fence. So we, in the application, that's all addressed. We ask about your facility and what you have and how much training you've had and, uh, how capable you are to do a wild horse. And one of the great things, Lori, is when I brought any of my wild horses home, they've never asked me for a resume or if I'm a a trainer or a certified trainer. So you, we kind of go through that to you to help you. And so um, you fill out an application, you get it in, we approve it, and then you become one of our trainers. Okay. Okay. About how many trainers do you have? Just out of curiosity. Oh my goodness. I've never been asked that question. We have thousands. Really? Okay. I don't really know how many we have offhand, but I will find out. Oh, that's, that's okay. You, you pretty much answered it. So you have a lot. I mean, it's we not a just a handful of people. And it's a lot. All across the nation. That's what's so amazing about it. So um, that that's pretty cool. Now I know I, I, I'm a horse girl, so, you know, I know a lot about the differences, but you know, for, for people who may not have had horses or not as actively involved, Mustangs are a completely, not only a different breed in often cases, but they're managed differently. Can you speak to that a little bit differently? Their attitudes, you know, what they've been through some of those things. Well, I can, and I will go through, I will share with you my experience because I've had, we've had a total of 14 and I have three right now. So um, when you bring a wild horse home, it's pretty amazing when you were trying to build that relationship with them. And I will tell you, Mustangs are pretty well known for being a one horse, one person horse. And the fact that when you've earned their trust, that is a very special time. And bringing that horse home and earning its trust, developing your first first touch, mm-hmm. developing that horse being calm when you're around it and easygoing and playing off there, there there's something really spiritual about that. It's mm-hmm. it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the horse as well as the human, when you do that, and uh, I tell people the Mustangs are really just like us. They come into all different sizes and colors, all different attitudes, all different personalities. I, My extreme curly I have right now, very easygoing, very laid back. Mr. What kind of game are we going to play today, guy? And then my Shakova that I adopted from the checkerboard, very sensitive, um, very much a one-person horse. Um, still, sometimes my husband can't get his fly mask off. But then... 
very dear and very dear with me because I spent hours and hours, you know, gentling him. And so they're they're really a lot like us and and like any other horse. They're all different in their own way. And uh, when I will tell you, Lori, when you get involved with all the Mustang family and what we do, I say we have Mustang groupies like uh, you have your favorite HMA, your favorite herd management area. You have your favorite area where you like to adopt a horse from. And it's probably because you've had one from that area that was successful and that did well with you. And so you want to go back to that area and get a horse, if that makes sense. It does make sense, actually. Yeah. Is it hard then, do you think, when the horses are sold or, or moved to someone else in another location? Oh, it's hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you develop a bond. However, mm-hmm. um, I have found doing this many years often we'll get a horse in and I've never intended to rehome it, but something's happened that that person either really wanted that horse. And I just thought it was in its best interest to go. It just kind of opens a door for me to either get another one or be part of adoption for another one. So I think the Lord just kind of guides you that way sometimes to make the door open for others, whether you intended it to happen or not. Yeah. And that's a really good point. That's a really good point, but it is hard. I'm yeah. Yeah. How many horses would you say you rescue a year? Um, well, we don't really call it rescue because oh, okay. they're already out there in the wild, uh-huh. but we our tip program is very successful and we've already done thousands through the tip program this year. Um, we we just did a makeover in Fort Worth where we adopted out a, a hundred. Mm. And so um okay. we did one in Ocala, Florida back um, in the spring and adopted out quite a few there. So we, we are very successful at what we did number wise. And most important for me right now is we're educating people. As I told you before, I had really been part of an activist group wanting to keep them free and keep them in the wild. Honestly, before I knew really what it was like, and I was educated about what it's like out there. The Mustangs are on 26.9 million acres of land in the 10 states in the West. Most of that land has not got anybody, nobody's living there because it's desert land. And that land can really only hold 29,000 Mustangs safely. Also knowing that it's not just Mustangs out there. You got deer and antelope and all kinds of birds and, you know, coyotes and wolves and everything under the sun. So now we have a little over 82,000 out there. So it's a little bit overpopulated. Yeah. Yeah. My Shakoba came from Southwest Wyoming and Uh it took 40 acres to feed one horse in the HMA where he is from. Wow. Okay. Well, that puts it in perspective for sure. And we hear a lot about, being overpopulated. And I know there's a lot of discussion, policy discussion on what to yeah. do about that, you know, yeah. to make it so those horses can't recreate or, you know, we've heard yes. stories about helicopter killings and all kinds of different things. Well, I will tell you, um, the, the Bureau of Land Management has a really tough job to manage these, yeah. to look at the HMAs. And right now, um, the West is really surrounded in drought. And they're doing emergency gathers right now to help gather these horses out so they don't die of thirst. 
Sure. And uh, so that is a hard job over 26.9 million acres, as you can imagine. I, I'm grateful to be able to go out there and see it because before I got with Mustang Heritage, I was not in for the gathers and not in to have them gathered up till I actually went out there and saw it myself. Mm. And don't get me wrong. I, I always want there to be wild horses out there. I mean, I've got, I've been blessed to be able to go out there many times and be right in the herd. In fact, my curly Mustang, I got to see him in the wild as a baby, as a yearling. And then the next year as a weanling before he got gathered. I mean, a huge blessing to me to see his family and the band he was with to watch yeah. him and follow them now. And one of my dear friends, Mary Kitzmiller, has his half brother, Remy, who is actually the spokes horse for America's Mustang, our virtual reality. Um, tra- oh, OK. Tra- that, that's and, pretty cool. Uh, it is cool. I know two or three other people who have his siblings, too. So it's really cool to see that. However, I before I really knew I romanticized what it was like out there. And it's tough. I mean, they they live a tough life, especially a stallion. I mean, I Comanche's so easygoing and such a sweet, loving horse. I I don't really know how good he would be trying to fight for mares. And, uh, <laughs> very grateful mm-hmm. he doesn't have to, or that mine don't have to fight for food and water. It's right now is the critical. I'm glad you mentioned that. Those are things I probably wouldn't have even thought to ask you. And it kind of lends to this next question, just kind of going back to what you said. You talked about educating people, shared your own story and what you thought and what you found out and how uh, things have changed for you and your perspective. And I really appreciated that because that helped me a lot. What are other things, though, do you think that we need more education on as a society? I think... The education is a key for what we do. Now, my personal opinion, Americans have not been very good stewards of much of anything lately. (laughs) And the horses just fall into that. And it's just not Mustangs, really. I mean, we can go by any of these, you know, sale barns and they're going to be full of horses. So we've just not been very good caretakers of what God gave us, really. And uh, so we're doing our best to get horses adopted that the BLM has brought in. And we're just one little, one little part of the puzzle. The more education we give people, the more they can help and know. And I understand not everybody can adopt a wild horse, but if you're educated and you know, there's other things you can do to help us. You can support our cause. You can volunteer at our programs. You can get educated yourself and, and tell your neighbor, um, Great therapy, getting involved with a Mustang trainer and following them and watching what they do. And I I will tell you, Lori, I think the greatest part of my job, which I didn't realize, which was a great gift, I get to see people's lives changed mm. every day because of a wild horse. I mean, how awesome is that? Very. Very. It's very Aww. awesome. Yeah. And uh, when you see a youth out there, and our youth are the rock stars. Let me tell you, you, you see them out there with their horse uh, all dressed up like a ballerina. And the youth is out there on her toes mm-hmm. doing a freestyle, turning her Mustang and everything. I like to think we're helping add to society for our future. Many of our youth trainers that have grown up to be adults and now out in the real world, they're doing amazing things and, and they're changing the world. 
And I like to think that our programs and what they learned by the education they've learned and how to to have good work ethic. Yeah. And how to love an animal and care for it and be good with it. Help them in the future to be a really great American citizen and to help them be a good husband and a wife and a mother and father. And, you know, what we learn in the beginning really helps us. And we carry that all the way through. And we get to see that through our programs with what we do with wild horses. It's I would love you to come to one. And uh, better yet, I'd love to get you adopting paper and let you fill one out. (laughs) Having a Mustang is pretty amazing. Oh, I love everything you've said. This is so great. So great to hear all this. What have I not asked you about that you want to point out about the foundation? Well, we are here for everybody. Everybody can play a role. Like I said, you don't have to adopt one. I know people live in town, which Uh that really is not an excuse. We had an amazing tip trainer by the name of Leah Sawyer, who always wanted a horse, lived in town, did not have a truck, did not have a pasture did not have a trailer, yet she found a way to pick up a tip horse and to work off by cleaning stalls her, you know, for her Mustang to be at someone's home and do it. But not everybody will be able to do that, maybe because your age or where you live, but we can always put you to work and help you. You can always be educated and learn a little bit more. And by learning more about the Mustangs and how they are really I have found has helped me a little bit learn about Anne mm. and what I can do mm-hmm. and how I can grow. I, mm-hmm. I love it that they, when you get a Mustang, they never ask you, well, what kind of job are you? And what, what kind of title do you have? And what kind of car do you drive? And how big is your house? And um, how much do you weigh? And how old are you? And all the things <laughs> right. that we all worry about as Americans, they, they only want to know that you are there 100% for them. And you care about them. And that also brings me up to why we have such great rapport with veterans. And oh, you, yes. Yeah, I saw on your website that you work yes, with veterans. Because yeah. the Mustang and the veterans kind of gone through a lot of the same things to get where they are. And, you know, that Mustang could care less what that veteran's been through. And they kind of have to wipe that away to get to that horse. And There's something really healing about us when we quit thinking me, me, me and start thinking of others. And uh, they have really helped me do that. And I will tell you, Lori, I I did this because I was that girl that grew up in the Midwest that loved horses. Little did I know how God was going to bless me with so many amazing people and amazing friends that are on this journey with us. It's it's been wonderful. And this has been such a great interview. I've been on your website, kind of clicking on and off as I've been talking to you. So I'm glad you mentioned a veterans because I wanted to do that too. But these programs that you talked about, there's more information on there. I also see information on adoption, which you've talked about, getting involved, education, all the main points here, but also some shows that people can participate in as well. Yes. And you can go to our website, go to shows and look. We're we're kind of wrapping up our year, but there are a few. And we have a great show coming up in January during the stock show. I believe it's the 19th through the 22nd. It's our Mustang Magic, and it's in Fort Worth during the Fort Worth stock show. Oh, my goodness. I will tell you right now, it's named Magic for a reason. Because it's really magical. We have trainers 
And this is a invitation only okay. event. We have some of our top trainers that have picked up a wild horse three weeks ago at our makeover. Now they'll have 125 days to train that horse. They're going to bring it back to the magic and compete. Then those horses all go up for adoption at the magic show. Then we also have a group of celebrity trainers that are coming that are going to, oh my goodness. They're going to put the capital in M in magic (laughs) by showing off their Mustangs and what they can Uh do. And it's absolutely amazing. I look forward to this event every year. It sells out. So if you want to get tickets, you better get on and and get those right away because it always sells out. It is truly magical. And it has been so fun. Not just just talking to you is fun, but learning more about this organization is very, very special. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, once again, I want to uh, tell you who I've been talking to. This has been Ann Souter. She is the Community Engagement Coordinator and Director of Education with the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And that website we've referred to is mustangheritagefoundation.org. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.